Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, AJ Elkert. I bet you weren't seeing that coming. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. How are you doing, AJ? I'm pretty good, Doug. How are you? Very good. I'm super stoked to have you back on the show. It's uh, always surprising when Brent's not around, but he's uh, playing some D&D and stuff, so that's exciting. Uh, being, a di- being a dirty nerd. <laughs> Fair enough. He He's skeptical and doesn't really want to come back for Almost Better Than Dragons Season 3, but yet he's still playing D&D, so I know he wants to join us. He just is afraid Mark's going to be involved. Was that a teaser for Season 3? Did, no. <laughs> did you just drop a teaser on the show for Well, the three? thing is, uh, we mentioned maybe an episode ago that we're semi-serious about it. We're trying to find more people that are we're going to get involved and try to get that ball rolling. Maybe uh, Spring 2020. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but it's something... Th- Alright, well, since we're talking about it, first and foremost, this is a video game podcast. Podcast, but we had another podcast that was a D&D playthrough podcast. Uh, AJ DM'd the first season, um, Basta DM'd the second season for half of it, and then we had to get another DM because uh, he just kind of fell apart at that point because his schedule and Pinecast, he's a very busy man. So then we had Mike McGettigan join and us. Get, and, and he gets swall constantly. <laughs> oh, that too. Um, but So we definitely have a passion for D&D and it was just frustrating because uh just scheduling things with this many working adults is very challenging and not to mention recording the audio making sure there's no problems with the audio everyone editing get getting it to me so I can edit together and yeah it'd be like what a 3 hour long session I'm editing of five different people's audio tracks together it was you would way cut too into much. like two Two episode, two two like yes. full episodes, or like maybe even three sometimes if like enough of the audio was usable. Absolutely, and that's the thing. Instead of biting off more than we can chew for season three, I I felt like uh, for season two we definitely uh, did that. This time around, I was saying to Bren off air, it would be more or less a one time session where we play for maybe a solid four hours, and I released that as like a two to three longer episodes season for a it's season like a mini series exactly and a i think D&D if we, mini series if we continue at that pace it'd be so much more reasonable for us and it won't be as much stress we and, could do a whodunit yeah i think we could do anything in that capacity so i think it's definitely on the table so anybody that's been looking forward to hearing about almost better than dragons it's possible but like i said don't hold your breath we did have someone give us feedback on our pinecast they were like oh man i'm not so patiently waiting for season three i'm like oh my gosh i'm glad you want <laughs> we one. have that dedicated for a fan yeah like, that shit was off the fucking rails by the end right it really did get we a weren't following like literally any like actual playbooks uh fucking fourth edition sucks ass like yeah by the end we were kind of just like man this this is really like it limits our uh creativity as like players and podcasters and shit so oh for sure fourth yeah. edition is like one of the most uh restrictive editions and yeah we, it's just we really won't put ourselves through that again <laughs> yeah but um that all being said uh hopefully you can look forward to that but this is a video game podcast so i do want to talk about video games but i also want to hear about what's going on in aj land i haven't heard from you in quite a while is anything worth reporting or cool stuff going on in life all right so uh Got a girlfriend a couple months ago. She came in to visit in October. Uh, things went great. And uh, and as of the time of recording, we are nine days away from her moving here permanently. Oh, so, wow. Congrats. Yeah, I am. Uh, when you know, you know. And <laughs> I, am, I am 100% positive I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this woman. So, like, very... That's- an amazing Very. feeling. I uh, having you at my wedding must have been like 
uh, we had just started dating at your wedding, like when your wedding was happening. Like we had just started dating. That's fantastic, dude. I'm so happy for you. That's really cool. Is she much of a gamer? Oh yeah, I I actually met her playing Overwatch. Um, <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's weird because like it's very uh, feels very Destiny like very Destiny driven. Absolutely. Know? Oh man, because can... she lives on the West Coast, so even the chances of us being like we we weren't randomly matched up together. Like we were all, we 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 both were on the same like competitive team. Like we tried out for a team. Yeah, and um. But the chances of us like finding each other randomly would have been like even lower because she's West Coast and I'm East Coast and different servers and it's just it was complete chance that we ran into each other and uh, yeah she's the love of my life so that's so exciting man I'm so happy for you um, and that's even cooler that she's a gamer I bet you get to game together that would be really cool we will I actually just finished building her computer that she <laughs> oh, nice that she does not know about yet oh okay so she better she not be a fan. <laughs> <laughs> she she is going to probably lose her goddamn mind uh, when she sees, like, the desk and fucking, like, keyboard and mouse and brand new. She loves pink. She's a very pink person. Yeah. Um. So I built her a pink gaming computer. Oh, man, um, that sounds like a great gift. And I got her gift. a gaming chair, too. So. Oh, damn. Hooking it up for the holidays. I'm excited for her. Uh, That's great, man. I'm very excited. Cool. I'm trying to think if there's anything going on in my life worth reporting uh you got basically married. well, well yeah i got married that, people know that and that's oh well i wanted to say maybe once your girlfriend finds out you're a famous podcaster she'll be like oh my <laughs> yeah, god famous, <laughs> famous hey, you quotes. interviewed justin mcelroy <laughs> yeah and but, i just smiled the entire time yeah no it's fair that i was a uh, sweating bullets i was uh, cheesing so fucking hard during that that it was that interview a, was like three years ago now i know it freaks me out that this podcast has been going this long that's why i mean i have two cats now I be, but when i started the podcast <laughs> i never had cats before and here i am a cat man and it's just crazy a catman if you yeah, will a catman or cat daddy as bastard would like to say um nice. but no we can get into the video games uh I would particularly like to hear from you because we haven't heard from you in so long. If there's any new games you've been playing, it's cool. If it's not, if you're just going hard with a competitive Overwatch. And as for me, I'm just really just staying true with Pokemon Sword because that's really my like main game right now. I did download Neo for free and I do want to dive into it. And shit, just as of right before we started recording, I downloaded episode five of Life of Strange 2. And I'm so excited to wrap that one up. It's been such a drag. But um, how about you? So I, so I moved into my, my, like, I have, I have a roommate, but I moved in, um, to my own apartment nice. in like September or whatever, nah, October, beginning of October. And, okay. um, so, but he's also a gamer and he has a switch. We have, we both have switches and we have like the big screen set up in the living room and shit, but I, I've been playing other games besides just Overwatch. Uh, I, I got sword as well. I'm five badges in six badges in maybe oh nice i think i'm still at four i gotta play more uh yeah it's a really good game and it's really easy to get tied up in the wild zone like oh for sure like i was i was in the 40s before i even went against the fourth gym because i just was out raiding and like uh training like against wild pokemon and shit and like looking for uh things to round out my team and give me like different type advantages and shit absolutely Um, Plus, yep. there's all kinds of neat shit in the wild zone. Like, there's, like, people who dig for artifacts and stuff, and you can get, like, evolution stones from there. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, I got, like, a, a handful of dawn stones. 
I think I got a dusk stone as well. Is there anywhere to purchase those? Because I've been, I no. think I randomly found a, like a leaf stone and I'm like, fuck, I want a water stone. So like the evolutionary stones, the standard elemental ones, uh, try running around the outside of the wild area that okay. you have access to because you will find a lot of uh, TMs and um, evolutionary stones are on the outside. Yeah, like in Pokeballs? Along, along the cliffs and shit. Uh, yeah, in Pokeballs. Okay. Um, yeah, along cliffs and like look inside the ends of logs and stuff, because I found a TM inside of a log one time. Uh, it was just nice. sitting there, and I was like, holy shit, I didn't even notice this the, like, the first time through, because I ran with the camera a certain way, so I didn't see it. Right. That's the thing about the 3D camera does for you. It allows them to like hide things in places that you wouldn't think would be hiding spots. Right. Because they have access to a three-dimensional world now, which gives the developers a ton of freedom. Definitely. I know what you mean, compared to previous iterations. Raids are great. Uh, they're great for leveling up your pokes. Um, especially the Calamity Ganon ones, the big purple ones. Those are usually like uh, the sexy uh, Pokemon, like second <laughs> stages and sometimes third stages, uh, depending on the Pokemon. And those give you like large candies, which are... Insane. They give you like 30,000 experience for one candy. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's how I got like a lot of, I have like six or seven pokes now, like close to 50 because maybe more, I might have like 10 because of all the candies that I got. Have um, you done any trading? Cause I haven't gotten around to coming across. I helped with a, a buddy. I helped a buddy, uh, get a Steelix. Okay. He, didn't, he uh, caught a, he caught an Onyx that had like multiple perfect, uh, IVs or whatever. So he wanted to, uh, he wanted that to be a, a Steelix instead of one of the ones out in the wild that you can run into. Okay. So, and he, it took him a while to find a metal coat. There's one in like a town, like I think the, f the fourth town. There's a, it's on a rooftop. Um, yeah. But uh, that's the other thing, like evolutionary items and shit. You'll just find them randomly. Like they'll be in ta random towns, like hidden in back alleys and shit. And, because they have such, they have so much space to work with in the game. Like it's a huge game. It's the, arguably the biggest Pokemon game they've ever made. Oh, the only yeah. thing that would be bigger is if they remade Generation Two because it was literally two full regions, right? Um, which I, oh boy, I have fingers crossed for like Generation Nine, like revisiting Johto and Kanto. Like, together. oh yeah, that'd I be would, pretty cool. I would fucking jump off a cliff. <laughs> In a good so way. Excited. Yeah, in, in a great... I would jump off a cliff and land in a Clefable's tummy. There we go. Like, um, I'll, I'll jump off a cliff as long as there's a Snorlax at the bottom. I also got um, Modern Warfare, the new one. Uh, on Not on PC, Ooh. actually. I got it on PlayStation because I have a bunch of friends that play on there. I haven't played with them yet, but from what I've played... I played some of the beta on PC, and from the little bit I've played on console, it's still people just being asshole campers in corners. Like, that's just Call of Duty. Because yeah. Modern Warfare was notorious for having, like, the shotguns that everyone hated. Like, people run, like running and gunning with shotguns, or hiding in corners with shotguns. So you yeah. just get one tapped as soon as you come around a corner. And it's really frustrating, but also, like, boy, how do you remember where campers like to sit? You start like learning the maps when you figure out where, like, and you start figuring out where the campers sit. So you can preemptively just like toss flashbangs around corners and then run out and fuck them up because they are hiding in the same spot being a douchebag. Right. So, like, it's the same bullshit that Call of Duty has always sort of gotten their player base into doing. 
But if you can figure out where the bullshit's happening, you can rise above it and you can be better than it. And you can oh, sure. just get better at the game. That's where, like, the competitive shit comes in with Call of Duty, I think, is where people being better than the campers, like, dealing with campers and still kicking ass. Definitely. Yeah, that's not easy. I don't play many first-person shooters anymore myself, but I remember for a, a little while there, I was on a kick of the Battlefield games, and I I did thoroughly enjoy them, but I haven't kept up with them. There's new ones. I, I Maybe I'd enjoy it, but I don't, I don't know. I just Those think aren't I might... as camper-based, I feel like. Yeah, because that's the true. maps are so big, like it's hard to camp because it takes so long for people to get places that camping in certain spots doesn't make any sense. Like you can camp, but usually it's so that you have a sniper, like you have an advantage over the field and not uh so you can be a cheap son of a bitch. Like, yeah. It's it's usually just so you have a better sight line and uh not that you can get the drop on somebody as they climb up a ladder or some shit. For sure. And and I also would just play Battlefield the wrong way, too. Well, I also just love the versatility of it, where it's like you could just be a foot soldier, or you could just hop in, like, a friggin' jet plane and take off, or, like, a helicopter. So, yeah, I would just love to, like, fly the planes every now and then and just uh, see how I fare. But there, if you would play competitively, man, the people that typically fly the planes are so good, you just don't stand they're a chance. They're legitimately, like, they're, they're pilot quality people. Yeah, like, it's they're incredible. People who could probably not get in a cockpit the first time, but be they could be trained by the Air Force to fly planes. Yeah, like they have that much of a a feel for how the planes control. Yeah, I have a accuracy. buddy who's like that with a uh, Battlefield One, the one that took place in World War One. Yeah, the that's biplanes. right. Like yep. I th- I'm almost positive, like maybe like five times in a biplane, and he could probably fly it. <laughs> Wouldn't doubt it. Uh, video games prepare us for the real world. Parents? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but. Other they do that, teach us good coping mechanisms for stresses that happen in the real world. That's true. I'll give you that. And uh, problem-solving skills. Um, yes. But I have... eye coordination is also important. Oh, absolutely. But um, I also wanted to bring up, I did get around to playing a little bit of Rocket League recently, and there's like a huge update that I feel like I have to bring up on the show, because ever since its inception, I was always bitching about the loot crate boxes and how, oh, in order to open a box, you have to buy a key. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it was like a dollar per key or something. So you're basically paying an a dollar per item or a dollar per chance at an item that you want, but there wasn't any guarantee you were going to get the item. So let's say you'd spend $20, get 20 items, and it's not even the one you want. Now they just put out this update that completely removes the loot box system. And I think it's replacing it with like some other kind of like currency. Like I don't, I'm just going to call it rocket points for the sake of this show. But uh, let's say you want to buy 500 rocket points. You can then spend that on the item you actually want. Rocket Douglas's. Yeah, exactly. Rocket Douglas's. But no, I think though the trade-off is the cost is more. So previously like a key would cost a dollar to get $500 or get 500 Rocket Douglas's, it costs uh $5. So it's just kind of like, man, if and that's I feel like just the bare minimum. There's going to be like very extremely rare items that are probably like, I don't know, 2000 Rocket Douglas's, but I I can't keep saying that. But <laughs> <laughs> trademark but it's the whole I, the whole premise TM. of them getting rid of loot crates. I feel like that's a step in the right direction because fuck the whole ga- enabling gambling and people wasting their money on shit that they didn't even want. Uh, but also, it just feels like they're asking for more money so you get the item you do want. So it's kind of like a little – I'm for it and I'm kind of against it at the same time. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm just learning about it today. So 
So I, I, have, I haven't played Destiny 2 in a while, not, not since they switched over. Um, Bungie became its own company. It's actually huge for them, and they've changed the they've changed Destiny two completely. Yeah, um, it, the game the game is it's phenomenal compared to what it was when it first launched. Uh, Activision Blizzard Blizzard is just a fucking cancer right now. Yeah, um, as far as uh, controlling companies go, they are dog shit in a fucking turtle. They are awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've they've changed their model. So, like, you can buy specific items now instead of gambling for the chance to have specific things. You can just outright buy, like, sets that you want, like, sets of armor that you think look cool. Yeah. And for, in for like, currency that you can, you buy with, like, real money. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of for that. Yeah. I'm fine with that because they've also decided to make a lot of that shit not best in slot. So, what the, what used to happen was that all of their, like, cosmetic items were also best-in-slot items. So they would be the best things you could equip to your character in that character slot. Like, in that character's, like, armor slot or weapon slot or whatever. Yeah. Um, the weapons, they, they didn't they didn't sell weapons. They just sold skins for weapons. But for armor, armor, the way armor worked in Destiny, you could have gear that was just optimized better than other gear. Because, That's right. So so they would sell the loot boxes with a random drop chance of getting this gear. And it, people wouldn't get it. They would grind. They would grind. And they made it so that the more you would grind, the less loot boxes you would earn. Ugh. Because Activision Blizzard had their fucking hand in the goddamn, uh, in the till, just like pulling, just pulling over and over again, trying to right. get more and more money out of these people. Oh yeah. So Bungie just got rid of all that. Like they, they had, they still have the random Ingrams and shit that drop. Ingrams are like loot boxes in Destiny. Okay. You can cash in for like random cosmetic shit, but now it's literally random, and you can just buy things if you don't get them in the loot boxes. Like you can just buy whatever you want if it's out for that season. So like they sell seasonal items and shit. Uh, based gotcha. on like what what's going on in the game like right now i think they're there's they've sort of tapped into the lore of the game and i've only ever seen i've only seen trailers and some of the gameplay for the new expansion i think it's called shadow keep or some shit okay and it's like back on the moon which was a destiny one location that everyone wanted back and they added in a whole bunch of extra stuff basically it looks like they're adding in locations from destiny one which is what they should have done to begin with they yeah, should have cool. started with the destiny one locations and then branched off from there and made it like a true MMO, which is what they're doing now. They're adding in like additional stats and like you have the stats for your character, like they've tripled how many stats you have, basically. Like it used to be just like three, now you have like fucking nine. Damn. And, uh there are things that are all influenced by like armor and weapons that you're using, uh like what uh gear level the shit you have is and um how you're specced and it's truly become like an MMORPG with shooter elements, which is what it was always meant to be. Yeah. Because um, the Bungie's gunplay is just fucking amazing. They have some of the best gunplay in the industry. They they, they, they give Call of Duty and like all the other shooters uh, a run for their money when it comes to like competitive multiplayer experiences. And uh, and their writing staff has gotten a lot better, too. So they're 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 tapping into the lore. They're bringing back characters from Destiny One, things that were revealed in like 
little tidbits and like side stories that you found in Destiny One. Yeah, like, they're like fleshing really, it out. Yeah, they're fleshing out the world and really giving it like a a feel. That's so I feel cool. like I come on here and I do this like every couple months I'll come on and be like, Destiny Two, man, it's getting better. <laughs> and like well, that's because it really fucking is. Like I remember every single started. time I've gotten on here, it's gotten better from the previous time. For so. sure, and I do recall it starting off on a really bad note, and a lot of people were just put off by it, but it's really good to hear that they're hearing the feedback and putting the time and effort to make the game as good as it can possibly be, so that's really cool. They managed to recover their player base, where I, th- like, me and a lot of other hardcore Destiny players didn't think they would. I didn't necessarily come back to the game, but a lot of their hardcore player base did, whereas you have fucking Anthem and EA, yeah. and Anth- Anthem's dead. Anthem has Is it really? Anthem's dead. They're Anthem's dead. There's there's no like <laughs> Oh, isn't there to, Anthem 2 on the way? I is forget. is there? I is don't recall. Cl- I thought that was a thing. I could be 100% wrong about that. I'm I remember them I, there was stuff coming out about the Frostbite engine from EA where they were they forced the developers to use that engine even though that engine wasn't designed for the type of gameplay that they were trying to do. Yeah. So, like basically they uh, where smarter companies like Square Enix would stop and back up and look at the engine for a second and be like, what the fuck are we doing? Which is what happened between, I think it was between Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy XV that happened. They stopped and they were like, wait, why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah. Because they made a proprietary engine for Final Fantasy XV and they started working with that engine for Kingdom Hearts 3 and they realized they had to put all new custom animations in because everything was in-house. Everything yep. had been – and they were like, why, why Why? the fuck are we doing this? We're overloading our designers. So they just – they scrapped it and they are like, Unreal. We're just going to use Unreal Engine. Yeah. And then they did that and that game looks smooth as hell. I didn't get a chance to play Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, God. The game looks fantastic. like it fucking flows. Dude, you're going to love like it, it when you uh, get around to it. Please do. I, I, you got to play. I know there's I have to, I have to play all of the other little shit games like that that feed into the story because I want to – I know the story, but I want to actively participate in the story. I'm that's so something glad I, that That's how can... I've always been with RPGs. It's good to be around a fan because I'm so used to Basta and Brenda shitting on me being like, it doesn't make any sense. It sort of does. It's like I know Basta just doesn't believe at all that there's anything cohesive there but there is you just have to play the there games. is there is a level of cohesiveness to the story they just really fucking enjoy retconning and uh like embellishing yeah embellishing <laughs> they like making things like i guess i was about to say i was just to elaborate on embellishing but they make things way more complicated than they should be right i know they, what you mean they overtune shit and yeah. it, it makes it confusing for the player base, but in the core, there's a basic story. That yes, they exactly. And and the the craziest thing about my review of Kingdom Hearts three was that all those offshoots, I was like, how are they ever going to tie all this together? And they did. They fucking did it, like straight up, and like no spoilers there. But they brought all those offshoot games to the forefront of this game and made it all work. So I do think it is uh, good for you to try to get around to those other games. I won't play three until the final mix and the DLC comes out. Okay. Well, oh, because which, which the they're way. they're like working on right now. Like, they're, yeah, they're, I think they're going to be announcing it officially soon, or like uh, doing a trailer or some shit. Definitely. Oh, I want to replay three now. It was just a fantastic experience. The only game of the offshoots I didn't complete was Dream Drop Distance, and at that point, I'm like, I just got to play three. I'm so excited. It like just came out at that time. Yeah. Um. 
But oh, and I also did Google it quick. Anthem two is going to be a thing. The whole is, is it? actually well, have it's, fun with that. Yeah, the thing is, it was a Polygon article. They're saying Bioware is doubling down on Anthem, might bring it back as Anthem two And I'm like, oh lord. Oh good yeah, luck. yeah. They 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 say they they're like gonna continue. They're gonna continue trying to make sure that the game works, but it's <laughs> not. Yeah, like the player base fell off harder than Destiny 2's fell off, and they didn't recover it because the company went silent. Yeah, that's, and that's the worst thing you can do in a situation like that is go radio silent. For sure. Um, well, I think that was a pretty good solid game discussion. I'm glad to have you back on the show. There's Let's one maybe... there's one there's one game I want to bring up that's oh, coming please out do. in March. What's up? Final Fantasy Seven Remake. That's Oh wait, it is? Oh, it, yeah, we have a March. release date? Oh in my March, god. March, yeah, it's it's March March third. Uh, Holy shit. Uh it's like uh ninety days away or some shit. I know that's uh day one for you, am I right? That's a day one. Yeah. That's a day one for me. I grew up with Final Fantasy VII. It was one of the first games I ever completed. I, I, I beat it when I was like fucking 10. Damn, that's sick, dude. That's a good, a really solid game to have those kinds of memories with. If they did something like that with Legend of Dragoon, I'd be all about it because I was playing that there's instead a, of Seven. Camp, there's a Groundswell campaign happening right now. No People way. Are retweeting uh, Legend of Dragoon remake. So oh lord, I sure they're hope trying so. to. Uh, they're trying to get the get Sony because Sony the, the Sony owns the rights to that. Right. Sony is the one company that would be ballsy enough to actually try to remake that game and because dude, they it would well, be... one they own it and two they could be like. It's a PlayStation exclusive. Yes, and it would be a glorious. PS5 exclusive. People would shit their pants, dude. It would be insane. And the thing is, they could literally just follow the example of Final Fantasy VII Remake because that's going to be an action RPG with yeah with uh, standstill uh, components, like uh, with the turn-based components. You can do the ex- that that Legend of Dragoon was already an action RPG with like. Uh, standard RPG components, yeah. like turn-based components, because you had to pull off combos to do your most devastating attacks. Yes, I love that aspect of the game. And it was one of the best features. It, it was one of the most groundbreaking role-playing games, like turn-based role-playing games of the 90s. And yeah. it got it got pushed under the rug because it was one of the last games released for the original PlayStation. So yes. it gets forgotten about. Dude, it's crazy that it just kind of the time. That was of a it, game they could have held off on too. If they would imagine have held if that off was PS2. PS2. Holy fuck! Yeah, it, because it a was PS2 a four disc title. On, it was four discs on PlayStation One, and it wouldn't have had to have been if they held off for PlayStation. Yeah, because DVD had higher storage capacity. Than exactly, standard, a standard CD. Plus, they had already had borderline PlayStation Two cinematics with voiceovers. Oh my god, they did the the graphics, or I mean, well, the, yeah, the cinematics were absolutely stunning. As a child, I was like, "This is so psychedelic and real." Yeah, it was. It's a classic. It and is. Oh man, I'm glad it, that it, you're it really aware is. of it and that people are pushing for a man, modern I've, remake. Dude, I like. I love the. Like Drakengard series is classic. I Hell would love yeah. for them to remake all of those. Uh, the original Nier was one of my favorite games ever. Like, so uh, you're talking to someone who's all about like niche titles, and honestly, Legend of Dragoon is a niche title that shouldn't be a niche title. It no. should have come out at the peak of one of these consoles. For sure, you're absolutely right. And yeah, no, that's why you're on the show, it, dude. It's like one of those games you could feel would come out for like the Dreamcast. You know, right? Like, it, it was one of those games that would be like it would be like the choo like choo choo rocket or fucking like um oh god Shenmue? was it Power Gem <laughs> Power Gem Shenmue yeah Shenmue is a great example because Sony was willing to jump in on that shit right 
<laughs> and Shen- Shenmue 3 just came out, and uh, I think Bren was saying how, like, it's underwhelming dog shit, apparently. It is. Yeah, like, yeah, nobody's like, talking about it. It's nowhere near what it was uh, should have been. But that's a game that got a fucking, like, Modern, continuation exactly. when Legend of Dragoon is just sitting there. Dude, they're insane. I feel like there's a few franchises layout, like Dark Cloud, too. I don't know who owns the rights to that, but fucking get on it. I think it's Sony. Oh my I, god, I those think assholes. <laughs> Sony has... I mean, they've remade fucking uh, Medieval. Right, well, and that didn't need it necessarily, but and I'm not even necessarily sure I want a Dark Cloud remake, because those games are perfect as is, but I want a Dark Cloud 3, for fuck's sake. That would blow... And yeah, another I want exclusive. A, I want a full Final Fantasy VIII remake, actually, because the uh, the reskinning, the HD remaster they did was kind of, like, shitty. Uh, oh, that's like, right. Like, environmentally, they fucked up a lot of, uh, a lot of assets, and it's because there a lot of their excuses are because of uh the fact that the studio didn't save like they don't have original save files of that game like they don't have the original uh assets of Final Fantasy That's VIII. unbelievable. <laughs> they had to reconstruct it from like old copies of the game. Wow. Yeah, so like old computer copies I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah I'm um, because yeah. those have a lot of the assets included in them, but they didn't have like the original like files, the original and- files of the game, which would have made it a lot easier, probably, because you can go in and you can touch up JPEGs and shit, and like whatever fucking file format they use to skin shit. Dot but, AJ, yeah, yeah, <laughs> what, whatever the whatever that fucking f- I like they use MIDI files for sounds and shit because that's like that's what they that's what they did in the PlayStation era. Things oh, were yeah. on MIDI files because they were small and you could fit a lot of sound into them. Yep. Um, dude, I'm so glad to have you back on the show. There is one thing I want to mention as far as show topics goes before we wrap this episode up. And it's, uh, well, actually two. Shit, I'll mention this because you're on the show too. Uh, Kingdom Hearts is coming out as a talisman board game now on Amazon. And I, dude, I feel like I should ask for it for Christmas. This is super exciting. I'm a big fan <laughs> of talisman because, uh, listeners, if you're familiar with our show way early in the show, I would stream talisman. It's a eighties board game, but we have the digital edition on steam. I would stream that with Bren and he would get so salty because it's just RNG bullshit where like you <laughs> dice roll and, uh, you just get completely owned because it, it's very much, it feels like the computer is just screwing you. Like, there's there's been so many times where it's like I know if I uh, use a fate point and roll my dice again, it's just going to be a one, and I do it, and it is, and I'm like, fuck this game. So I, I just feel like the digital edition might be uh, less fun than the actual board game. But uh, this is going to be a Kingdom Hearts talisman board game, and I'm super interested in how it's going to work because yeah, uh, it's just such a fun game if you're unfamiliar with talisman uh, just get around to playing it with some friends i'm not sure if the digital edition's the way to go unfortunately and i'm not sure where you can find a copy of this like 80s board game they might make modern editions of it though but yeah kingdom hearts edition sign me up uh do you have any interest in a kingdom hearts board game uh i think it would be kind of interesting i i, I don't you said it's like talisman it's literally a talisman rendition isn't talisman like gauntlet Yes, similar. Uh, So, like, in Talisman, the whole premise is you pick from a various uh, cast of characters. I usually am, like, uh, some kind of, like, uh, wizard, or there's barbarians. There's a huge wide array. Yeah, it's a top-down dungeon crawl. Yes, and then you go from uh, square to square, and the premise is you can get into the inner circle, uh, which has the actual Talisman that you're trying—or, you know, you 
try to gather a talisman from a card, and there, so depending on which version of the game you're playing, there's only one of them, so the players are fighting for possession of the talisman, and if you have the talisman, you can go into the center of the board game and uh, face some, like, bosses to try to get to the end and, like, become, like, the king or some shit. I forget exactly. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so that's what I mean. In a Kingdom Hearts uh, environment, I'm and they just maybe back, like, thinking... the fucking Chain of Memories card style. Oh, for sure. I'm thinking the center is going to be Kingdom Hearts. I could be wrong. I have no idea what they're going to do with it. But I, like I said, two of my favorite things uh, joining into one. I am just going to have to. Get it can my hands only on be it. Kingdom Hearts if after you act after you access it or the bad guy gets it, it goes from darkness to light. Oh yeah, it has to be like just kidding. It wasn't darkness at all. It was light the whole time, and then the bad guy dies or turns into a big boat. <laughs> oh my god fuck that but no and i'm looking at the little action figures that come with it or like your little player pieces yeah it's like mickey and the whole crew it's awesome i this is does fantastic. mickey have his nipples out uh no <laughs> thank goodness but i um, barry all right so that barry kramer recap of kingdom hearts thus far was the funniest thing oh hell yes one of the funniest things i've i've viewed that probably a dozen times because i still laugh my fucking ass off at that it's so good it really is no and for listeners who are unaware this guy just does the best recap of of kingdom hearts there possibly is and we'll try to link it in the show notes if we remember yeah it's very good it's 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 one of my favorite recaps of like any fucking game franchise ever besides like straightforward uh actual lore based game recaps his is like goofy and fun and uh it really makes light of like some of the nonsense that happens in the story. Yes, and that's but, the fun yeah. of it all, for sure. It still manages to represent, like, present the story, though. Absolutely. Which is amazing. Which, it's actually very helpful. <laughs> yeah. It's um, really good for catching people up if you haven't played, like, five of the random spinoff games. Exactly. Um, and the last thing I had for us tonight is uh, the Elder Scrolls Legends. Uh, that's a game that's kind of like a trading card game, or I guess it's more along the lines of like Hearthstones. Apparently, the development for that has been halted. So they're going to maintain the servers and keep that game alive, but they're no longer working on progressing that game and making Bethesda it. Bethesda is officially a bad game company. Yeah, no kidding. I just, I feel like, man, I'm glad I didn't get invested into that one because that would just be a bummer to hear. I'm still, like, playing fucking Fallout New Vegas and just, like, creaming my pants over it because Obsidian <laughs> did such a good goddamn New Vegas? job. <laughs> New Vegas was... New Vegas came out... What like, year was two, that? It came out two years after Fallout 3, so I believe 2013. Okay. Because um, Fallout 3, I think, was 2011. That sounds about right. Or 2010. I, what year was Fallout 3? To the Google. Fallout 3 was... 2008 fall oh my god out. that takes me back holy shit i was graduating high school new vegas was 2010 and the game was plagued with the game was plagued with bugs and shit like it would crash all the time but now with modern machines like you can it, you can get it for uh like xbox one x or like you can't get it for for ps4 pro because ps4 are like sony's kind of shitheads with backwards compatibility oh yeah um but the Xbox One X ran that game how it was intended to be run, with like almost instantaneous load times and uh, no bugs. Like the game just doesn't crash, so it, it crashes. I still have crashes on my computer running it, and I I run like a sixteen sixty Ti. Yeah, uh, and I and my my copy of it crashes because 
the it's just not optimized for like any known fucking gaming system Damn. besides like the Xbox One X. And uh but no, it's my favorite Fallout game of all time. And it, Obsidian made them. They're the same people who made Outer Worlds, which yeah. I I'm desperately desperately wanting to try. All I hear is Fallout fans are just rejoicing. They're saying it's the best thing since sliced bread. So I think we that one's Bethesda right up your to sell alley. the rights to Fallout the Fallout franchise to Obsidian. Right. I think you'd be happier. People someone put someone posted a uh I, I follow a Fallout like shit posting page and someone posted the idea that maybe Xbox like Microsoft swoops in and just purchases Bethesda outright or buys the right not Bethesda but like buys the rights to Fallout from Bethesda because I believe Obsidian is owned by Microsoft now. Okay. So um they would just buy the rights to Fallout and give it to Obsidian to make because Obsidian did a really good job with it when they were I think Obsidian made the first two. The first two Fallout games, the top down like point and click adventures yeah. that that were uh different than Fallout three but like still Fallout. Like Fallout Three is actually technically like a big variation of like how Fallout was meant to be played. Right, similarly to the Elder Scrolls, like uh, Daggerfall and uh, I forget the first one. I or was that the first one? Whatever. But yeah, those were like much different than Morrowind. Yeah. That was like the first like step and that's, away. That's why Bethesda got with Obsidian to begin with was because like, hey, like you guys make a lot of similar style games, and then like. When they made New Vegas, they used almost all the at like they used all assets from that had existed in Fallout Three. So the game looks identical to how Fallout Three looks uh, graphics wise, but yeah. they added in some of their own like assets because it takes place in the Mojave uh, near Las Vegas, near um, in the desert around Las Vegas. Yeah. So during the like a similar time frame to the events of Fallout Three. Very cool. Yeah, I'm glad you're still enjoying that one, dude. That's funny as hell. An old ass fucking game, and I have it on Steam, and it's boy, that thing still claps. That game shit's is so lit. Good. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. I'm very happy to have you back on the show. We're gonna have to have you on again soon. I'm hoping to do some more holiday stuff to have more people on, maybe like a party episode. But if that happens, I'll definitely shoot you an invite. But for our listeners, let's uh, tell them where they can find you on the internet if you want to be found, and we'll do some plugs. Okay, um, let me check my Twitter and see what my tag is again. Mark Heatley Tax Lull. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's a uh, Zunkery. Uh, <laughs> it's no, it's at Forgetful with uh, three for the e. Um, and then I have like my like PlayStation and my BattleNet on there. Oh, nice. So if you want to get in contact with me or play video games with me that way, uh, talk Overwatch. I'm always open. Jesus Christ, I don't know why I never do that in plugs and be like, oh, our our switch codes well that would be hard to read out, but yeah, like just at least- like spit out this fucking <laughs> twelve <code>. character. <laughs> yeah. Cause Nintendo's fucking stupid with their I know, that online does shit. But I should even just say we are ABT Silence on uh, PlayStation, at least. Uh, possibly Steam too. I could be wrong about that. And I think Twitch. Oh, definitely Twitch. Yep. Um so. 
Yeah, well, and speaking of Twitch, I want to get back into doing it. I remember for a little while earlier this year, I was during Halloween season. Uh, it's just a busy time of year, but maybe 2020, one of my resolutions will be like, I'm going to stream once a week, no matter what, pick a day, pick a time, and just see how it goes for a year. So that's also something to look forward to. So we got Almost Better Than Dragons, maybe some consistent streaming. We're trying, people. Uh, no promises. Content but- <laughs> will eventually flow through this this dried up riverbed of a of five a years later <laughs> but uh if you like our show give us a like follow subscribe we're findable on all the social medias at abt silence and if you want to check out my record label it's missedoutrecords.com lots of emo screamo math rock uh vinyl cassette uh t-shirts all sorts of shit to check out there Ooh, zines i have a kingdom hearts edition for zine volume three so definitely head over to missedoutrecords.com if you want to see what i'm doing there but thanks for tuning in everyone thanks for joining us aj we will be back next week see you guys see you